0: You're good. Come on, watch. <laughs> Welcome to the Crack House Podcast. My name is Michael Sullivan. Thanks for joining us. With me as always in everything Crack House is my man, Chris Muskie Muscolino. What's up, brother?
1: Big Mike, what's up, man? What's up, all my crackheads out there?
0: No. intended. Nothing. I really enjoyed uh, the intro song there. A little, uh, what was that? Rescue Me there. It's pretty good.
1: Oh, man, Rescue Me. Such a great show. All you civil servants out there, Boston guy playing a New York fireman, uh, Dennis Leary, classic show, man. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's I where liked, I stole it from.
0: Yeah, the other I liked this other show. He had in a show right before that called The Job where he played a detective. It was actually pretty. it's almost the same exact thing. Just put the police department for the fire department. And it was a real funny show. Uh, but like we said, we want to thank everyone for joining us. Uh, like, subscribe, share this show, please, please, please. We really we, we, we enjoy the feedback. Give us feedback. You can hit us up online at uh, Crack House Podcast on Gmail uh, at Crack House Podcast at Crack House Pod on Twitter uh, the Crack House Pod at Crack House Pod on Instagram. You know, let us know what's going on. Let us know if you want to hear anything new, something different, whatever. But we really we appreciate the support and uh, just keep liking, subscribing, and share the show. Thank you again, guys. You know,
1: Mike hit it, hit it right off the uh, the bat. You know, thank you for all the support. You know, it's funny. We were talking about how the audio is going up more than the video the last couple of weeks. You know, maybe you guys are listening to it in the car. You know, it seems like we're getting good feedback. Everybody seems to enjoy the content. Hope you guys enjoyed the guest last week. Uh, we'll probably have a couple more people on pretty soon. Mike's got a couple of people lined up, as do I. And uh, listen, just uh, click that like button, the subscribe button, and uh, you know, keep the nice comments rolling. We appreciate all the support.
0: Yes, we do. All right, so let's just get right into it. We had the George Floyd verdict this week came down. That dude, Chauvin, was guilty all three counts. Um, I personally, I didn't think he was going to get the top charge. I thought he was going to get the other two, but he got all three counts. He's probably going to do... I think he can do like 40 years in jail. Um, hey, you're on video for 10 minutes doing what you're doing out there, man. You know, it's, it's a break. You can't do that. You can't do that. You know, uh, the guy died. Listen, there was a whole bunch of other factors involved with this guy's death. Did this guy have a shitload of drugs in his system? Yes. But when you have all these medical experts on saying, well, He died because he got choked out. I mean, the other stuff did, I'm sure, had a little bit to do with it. You know, they said he had an enlarged heart. They said he had all these drugs in his system. But in the end, man, when you're on video for 10 minutes doing that, you're sunk. You know?
1: I hear you, Mike. I mean, uh, look, I'm not law enforcement. I'm not ex-law enforcement. You know the law better than I do. I mean, just looking at a glance, I have somewhat of a little bit of a pre-law background, I guess, from my university days. Um, you know, unlike your brother, I didn't follow through and become a mm-hmm. lawyer, but you know, I thought initially looking at the case, you know, I, I didn't really think he was going to get charged with all three either, you know, to be honest with you, I thought he was going to get one of the lesser charges. I figured 10 years, um, I watched a little bit of it, you know, uh, at some point, the two things that struck out, that I think kind of sunk the guy, like you said, besides being on videotape for nine minutes, number one, I think somebody from the Minnesota police department came on and, and stated that that's not what they were trained to do in terms of restraining the person. So I think that really, that really you know, struck out a lot to me. Um, you know, and the second thing is, you know, I, I think the defense, you know, in terms of proving that he didn't die, I don't think there was just not, uh, as a result of him kneeling on the neck for nine minutes. Uh, I just don't think they had it. You know, the defense wasn't strong enough to prove otherwise, like yeah. all the drugs and all that other stuff. You know, I think if they could have if they could have proven that, I think you might have got a slightly different result. I mean, I thought either ways he was going to get convicted of something. I just didn't think he was going to get on all three. And the other thing that I read was I believe he's going to appeal it. Um, I'm
0: sure he is, man. The guy's looking at 40 years in jail. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, I'm not sure where it goes. um, But, you know, look, I I think for, for a large portion, well, a good portion of the people out there, they got some sort of, I guess, satisfaction whether police reform comes out of it, who knows, you know, nobody likes to see their life, you know, a life ended for any reason. Um, and that's not to diminish the, the law enforcement people out there. You guys all have a tough job. The other thing that struck out really um, a lot to me was they, they were talking about the, how the, the Minnesota police department, I think you and I spoke about this off, off air at one point, I guess there was an investigation in terms, or there's going to be an investigation in terms on how, the Minnesota Police Department polices, you know, this is well, the oh, most uh, good.
0: Yeah, like uh, whenever things like that happen usually with uh, major police departments, the feds will come in and now they'll be under like a federal oversight committee. Like every every little like if if another George Floyd happened in, you know, Minnesota, there in Minneapolis, the feds just have complete oversight and they would just take over the investigation immediately.
1: Me and my friend Mario were talking about this a couple of years ago, I guess. You know, uh, Mario is a Jamaican guy, that, a very good friend of mine, a really great guy. And we were talking about the different cases. And he mentioned, he, you know, he actually spent some time in Minnesota at some point. And he talked about he talked about another case. I think maybe people out there are familiar with it, where the guy was riding with his girlfriend in the car. He identified himself as a gun owner. And basically, a couple of minutes later, he got killed. There wasn't any video unlike the George Floyd thing, which I guess really contributed to Floyd, you know, Chauvin getting convicted. But, you know, I think the, the Chauvin thing obviously blew up last year because of the video. But my understanding is there was other incidents, along with the one I mentioned that have happened that I think are spurring that. You know, I didn't know that there's a federal in- investigation that gets launched after something like this, but... It seems like these guys might be policing a little bit different than some of the bigger departments out there, like, you know, in New York or California or what have you. Um, Not to say it doesn't happen elsewhere. I don't know. You know, but I found that kind of interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I remember that case. And, uh, yeah, like I said, there'll be federal oversight now. I mean, and and, uh, I think they already talked about passing some other crime bill named after George Floyd. So. We'll just see what what happens with that. I just thought it was weird, too. Like the day that verdict came out, they had the shooting in Ohio where, you know, it's one of those things, man. Everyone just jumped to conclusions and then you watch the video and, you know, I'll say it. The cop did the right thing. He had to he had to eliminate the threat. That girl was going to get killed. That girl was going to get stabbed up. You know, I I understand it was a 16 year old girl, but think if you're the parents of the girl that was going to get stabbed. I, I think you're pretty happy for you know, it's an unfortunate outcome, but I think you're happy now that your child's going to go home in one piece at least.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mike, you know, I think you made a good point. I think the biggest thing with all these cases is the jumping to conclusions. Like I, I guess the Minnesota one, the Chauvin thing was pretty, you know, pretty self-evident. You know, the video spoke for itself, but you know, for many years now, even dating back to the Ferguson one and you know, some of the other ones that happened, you know, it just seems people are so quick to jump to conclusions in terms of. Watching a 30 second snippet. And again, I'm not diminishing anything. And again, I'm not condoning anything on, you know, again, that's not my point. My point is to deduct from the 30 seconds that the media shows you what happens, you know, or people to speak out of it. Not so much guys like you and I, which again, we probably shouldn't either, you know, at least looking at it at a glance, but like people in politics, you know, on a higher, higher level, the president, whether it was Trump or Obama, whoever. Or even some of these athletes, going back to what you just mentioned about the Ohio thing, you know, I I saw that LeBron had posted a tweet uh, basically with a picture of the guy that, you know, who shot the, the young girl and saying something to the effect, accountability, and you're next. Yeah. And, it, and then I guess there was a lot of backlash towards it because, like you said, you know, the circumstances start to come out, you know, and it's not just a case of white guy killing, you know, white cop killing black black person. You know, it's a case of there's a little bit more to it. You know, just so happens the guy might be white. There might be a black cop who the hell knows. But, you know, I saw that tweet that LeBron sent out and he deleted it. I guess he was getting a lot of backlash. And um, yeah, look, on both ends, I think you get a lot of divisive rhetoric, man. I, yeah, I think-
0: you're going to have like, you know, I'm, I'm sure that was a quick like knee jerk reaction from him. He heard the story and was like, I got to put this out. Here's a picture of the guy. Then someone probably whispered in his ear like, here's the video. Here's the story. Well, he took it down and then he posted something up about accountability again and how cops got. Listen, I'll say, yeah, cops should be accountable for what they do. But when they're right, they're right. Yeah, it's an unfortunate incident What happened? There was no winning in that situation. If that cop doesn't shoot, that girl gets stabbed and could get killed. You know, that's just what happened. And
1: my thing is, I think we spoke about this before, Mike, as far as. You know the resisting piece or like you know even the person lunging at another you know a cop or another person with a knife i mean come on i mean look putting race aside for a second which i don't really think it has anything to do with this situation not to, not the chauvin thing but the uh the cleveland thing you know just use your use your common sense i mean if you're in front of a cop and you're lunging with a knife towards somebody there's a good chance something bad is probably going to happen to you yeah. you know you resist the I mean, look, you want to make an argument that, you know, people are profiled, I guess you can kind of play that into, you know, things to an extent. But the reality of it is, look, I got into trouble as a kid growing up in a story. I knew not to mess with police. You know, I figured they got guns. Most of the time I didn't, you know, Um, and chances are I was probably 99% of the time not going to get the better of them. If I ran, same deal. If I resisted, same deal. It's got nothing to do with the color of my skin. It's just, you know, common sense. Now, that's not to say that there isn't racism out there and there isn't, you know, there doesn't need to be police reform. It just, I think it goes both ways. But I saw that LeBron thing and, you know, I'm not a big fan of him to begin with. I think a lot of the stuff that he says, I think off the court, he does some good things for his community and stuff. But uh, a lot of stuff that he comes out and I'm not, I don't want to pile on him either. It just seems like both ends, they put out this divisive rhetoric that pits people, you know, against one I yeah. mean, based on the color of their skin. And, you know, I, I think the country's still got ways to go in some regards, but, you know, people should be a little bit more cognizant of fanning the flames on both ends, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Enough of that. Let's get into something that's really important, <laughs> which is the Academy Awards are coming out this week. I think, I think it's, yeah, some, yeah today, right? The Academy Awards. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, that's the most important thing. It's, you know, millionaires giving other millionaires trophies for playing pretend. So,
1: (laughs) you know, uh, to be I think we spoke about this off camera, too, Mike. So, I mean, I got to be honest with you, man. I um, I haven't watched any of these movies on list. And uh,
0: nope, not a one.
1: You know, I think I spoke to you about No Man Land. I wanted to check that out. That seems to be one of the front runners for the best picture. Yeah. Um, I guess Promising Young Women. Again, I don't know what it's about, but that seems to be in in, in the mix. And, uh, you know, everything I'm reading is just talking about the ratings. You know, uh, last year or the last three years, they've averaged about, I guess, 32 uh, between thirty-two to four, 44 million for about a decade.
0: Yeah, they've and had that, a big drop off. Yeah. Like yeah, and for year. like the
1: last three years, it dipped below thirty million for the first time in a telecast history. <clears> throat> um throat> and they're anticipating a much smaller um, a much smaller turnout this year in terms of audience viewing. And again, it goes back to what we talked about before. Is it a case of just people not watching these movies, uh, finding other venues in terms of, you know, uh, I guess consuming them. Um, or is it just a case of the wokeness that that happens with a lot of these award shows that for a lot Uh, of people they uh. turn it out or tune it out?
0: You know what it is? It's like Hollywood, Hollywood just woke central to begin with. I just think it, I think a lot of it has to do now with it's like I can just watch these movies whenever I want, right? So if I want to, you know, I can go on Hulu right now and watch Nomad Land or what any of these movies that are out, you can just find in a matter of seconds online or you know on streaming services so why even you know why even I'll watch it at my own leisure if the thing wins best picture if say if no that nomad land nomad land wins then I maybe I'll watch it but it's just they they really have just put like these real small small budget movies out i don't think there's any real like big budget yeah there was yeah. no like blockbusters this year and no one cares Like, we we just went through where people lost their jobs, their homes, because of this pandemic. People were just locked inside. You know what? We've watched enough TV over the last year to, like, who gives a shit about any of these movies? I think that would, you know.
1: Some of it makes me think, you know, as far as, like, some of these things getting produced, I think, I don't know if we spoke about it last week, about, you know, like, Top Gun 2 getting pushed out. And even some of the production behind it. You know, I wish we asked George last week a little bit about this as far as. You know, has the pandemic, you know, crippled that industry in terms of, you know, big blockbusters being made, you know, you know, as far as them being able to, you know, get people together and film on set and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, some uh, of these blockbusters been put off, you know,
0: I'm sure a bunch of them have not, you know, not been made or shelved or anything like that. I mean, what's coming? I mean, one of those Fast and Furious movies is on, on deck to come out. That Top Gun 2 has just been pushed around and pushed around. Right. I mean, uh, I, I, I know some people are really, like, into seeing it, but I don't have any, like, real, like, want to run out and go see Top Gun 2. I could care less.
1: You know, I think I would have the same kind of feelings towards Top Gun 2 as we had towards, well, at least I had towards, at least initially, coming coming to America too.
0: You know, yeah, I think yeah.
1: just for the sake of it, I think I would definitely tune it in. I like Tom Cruise. I think he's a good actor. You know, be curious to see you know, how they dealt with like Val Kilmer and stuff, you know, I think you brought that up. Yeah, that's Um, what I
0: want to see. He's in, when you, if you go on like IMDB and you run the cast, he's in it, but for people that don't know, like Val Kilmer had some weird throat thing, I think his thyroid, something like that. His throat got all fucked up and he actually talks like Donald Duck right now. He's got, uh, there's audio, you can look it up. Just Google, you know, Val Kilmer, Donald Duck voice. And that's how he sounds right now. So I bet, I you, know.
1: they, I bet they, you they use technology, Mike, you know, as far as, yeah. like, the his voice, you know, to, like, how they re... You know, yeah. how they redo people, you know, like, in with modern technology. yeah, You know, kind of like, I don't know if we ever brought this up, like, kind of like Grand Moff Tarkin in Rogue One.
0: Yeah, that looked creepy. He, he looked more like a video game character. Do
1: you know the story behind that? So, in the United States, I think you have the digital rights to your likeness until you die, and then there's like a 20 or 30 year time period where people can't redo you in terms of, you know, putting your image on, on a movie Yeah. in England, which is where that guy was from.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Peter I Christian. think,
1: I, I think, I think the limit is like 10 years. So that's how they were able to do it and use his likeness. They didn't have to pay the estate all that money to get oh, him into Rogue One. So just like Val Kilmer, you know, as far as, you know, if his voice is all jammed up, if he doesn't appear close enough to the likeness of that 1986 movie, no, I'm sure they'll they'll fix his voice, you know, with technology. Do like, yeah,
0: do like the Pee Wee Herman, at the end of Pee Wee uh, Herman, Pedro <laughs> mr Herman, you have a phone call at the front desk. You can be my wingman, Maverick.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, man, or Carrie Fisher, right? You know, and uh, I guess see, that, that second, one,
0: yeah, but that one looked yeah. good. That looked good at the end of uh, what was it, Rogue One? Like, I think they're she, just
1: getting better all the time, man. Oh yeah,
0: it's gonna be. I, I think you're just gonna have a point where. Like it's gonna be a whole movie. Let me, just, this. Yeah, Let me ask you this. Let me like, ask you this.
1: And 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 the and the audience this as well. Would you go see a hologram concert? And I'm not talking like, you know, regular modern artists. I'm talking like someone like an Elvis or someone like, you know, a Tupac or someone like um you know, someone like the Beatles. Would you would you go to a, a live concert with a hologram a hologram image of one of those people? I might. That's right? something
0: I probably would check. Well, like out. Sinatra I mean, I mean, somebody. They, yeah, they've done it. Wear it like uh,
1: Coachella out in yeah, California. Yeah,
0: they did that with that was a Tupac one, right? Tupac yeah. and then which they looked got, phenomenal, I, by the way. Yeah, I say do it. I'm sure people would go. I think if you incorporate it with live artists, people are going to go.
1: Right, right. But I, but I mean, for people like us, I guess who are too young to see Elvis or Sinatra yeah. or. Uh, but like even the newer generation who never got a chance to see Biggie Smalls, you know, or Tupac, you know, back in the day, you know, I, I'd be curious to see how many people out there, uh, you know, would actually, you know, go to one of these things. Leave a tell you what for the audience out there that that comments and I see the comments picking up a little bit. Uh, leave a comment in the YouTube uh, portion of the of the uh, the video. Tell us what you you know you would do, you know, and and leave a comment with Mike on on the uh, on the Twitter stream as well.
0: Yeah, let us know what uh what you think. What hey man, think about this lineup. Tupac, Biggie, and DMX at a concert. Huge. You would and do it at a, what's that place? Like Randall. I, I guarantee if you did it at a place like Randall's Island, where they do that uh, electric zoo festival every year, you'll get you'll get 50, 60, people at that concert. But
1: well, for the old timers out there, like a ton- uh, like a, like a Dean Martin, you know, the rat pack and and, and Sinatra. Yeah, the, Imagine rat that.
0: Pack, the Rat Pack at
1: Radio City. Imagine how big that would be? Yeah.
0: Or well, Rat Pack, invade, you know, do it in Vegas.
1: And I guess with, you know, post-COVID, how how, how well would that work? Yeah. <laughs> you think that wouldn't sell out in yeah. a heartbeat? But,
0: yeah,
1: yeah. yeah listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check the Oscars out. But like I said, between the wokeness and stuff and the lackluster lineup.
0: Yeah, I don't you know. Care. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't see any of these movies. There was no, like, hubbub about any of these movies. Like, we just talked about that nomad land. I. It's just her, like, it seems like she's just driving around in a van. Like, who cares?
1: I, Mike, it's got to be the weakest lineup, <laughs> like you said, yeah. you know, in terms of Oscars in a long, long time. And I got to be honest with you, when I look at, when we talk about this next week in terms of ratings, I can almost guarantee you those numbers are going to be abysmally low. Yeah. The only for a number pre- of reasons. Yeah,
0: the only prediction I do have is I think uh, – What's, he just died, Chadwick Boseman. I think he wins. I think he got nominated for Best Actor in some movie I never heard of. But the Oscars have that track record of usually if the guy dies, she gets it, like Heath Ledger. There was the other actor from the movie Network. You know, they die, they get nominated, they win. So I, I, I think he's going to win. And I'll say this, in the culture of wokeness we live in, people are going to want him to win.
1: Sure. And,
0: you know, the the, the wife, he's he's already worn, like, I think, a couple. He's a good actor. I like it. Chadwick Boseman, that guy's career. We talked about his career. The guy was in, like, he's got, like, that John Cazale kind of thing where he was in, like, all these massive blockbusters. And then, unfortunately, you know, he died at a very young age.
1: Stuff that I seen him, I liked him. I mean, he seemed pretty talented.
0: No, Um, he was a great actor.
1: Let me ask you a question. I mean, you know, for those that will watch it and you, Mike, I mean, does anybody, I mean, just putting aside all the stuff that we just brought up, you know, in terms of people not wanting to watch this in a normal year, does anybody ever watch the Oscars and really give a shit about anything other than like best actor, best actress and best picture?
0: Yeah. I don't care about digital effects or wardrobe soundtrack or, or, you know, any
1: of that shit. Right. No. I've kind of figured, you know, I mean,
0: usually when it's like a soundtrack thing, whoever like the biggest artist is at the time that wrote. A song is usually the one they give it to. You know, I, you know. Yeah. It's it's like was it? Didn't Lady Gaga win a couple of years ago for that? You know, oh yeah, stars? it was a great movie
1: with Bradley Cooper. Yeah,
0: it was a great movie, and like it was like oh she got nominated. That's a remake.
1: To... That's a remake. Yeah. By that's the like way, a, they they've done like that a, movie three yeah. or four times.
0: Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's like a triple remake. I think that was the third one. I think.
1: I remember the one back when we were kids with Chris Christopherson.
0: A, yeah. What was it? Her and him and uh, Barbara Streisand. Right. Star is was... born.
1: Right. Yeah. That, Star the is born. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: It was a good movie. Um, speaking of movies, we were talking about this too. Indiana Jones Five. Does it? Re- do we really got to see it? I don't want to see it. He's seventy eight, man. <laughs> seventy eight. Which I was doing the math. Check this shit out. He's seventy eight. He was only. He's only twelve years younger than Sean Connery, who played his father in the in in the third movie. That's weird. Like I didn't. You know. But I I, I don't want to see it. I don't want to, you know, I don't care. I, that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull sucked. That yeah. movie was horrible.
1: We got into a big argument a couple weeks ago, like at Easter Sunday. We were debating on greatest actors. We were talking about one of the, the earlier podcasts that we did mm-hmm. and Harrison's name came up. The background for those that don't know, I met Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford actually worked in my, uh, lived in my dad's building on Central Park West and 72nd Street. So we both got the, the pleasure to meet him really super, super down to earth guy. Um, I met him. He moved into the building and he basically came into the elevator that I ran one day. I ran a maintenance elevator in my dad's building. And uh, he had a a baseball hat pulled down real low. He had dark glasses on. And I didn't know he was in the building at that time. So I'm mopping the floor and he comes running out and he goes, hey, can you run me downstairs to the basement? You know, I, I, I need to get something. I'm like, oh shit. That's Harrison Ford. He goes, yeah, 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 yeah. So I go, yeah, sure. I'll run you down. So he comes into the freight elevator. Um, In the freight elevator, we have a little chair and stuff. So happens I had a Star Wars novel, and it was like on on my little chair. So he looks at it, and he starts shaking his head. I go, look, I'm a big fan of yours. He goes, yeah, you know, I really dislike those movies. He goes, I just did them (laughs) because, you know, it, it was what it was. He goes, but I always felt like I got typecast in it. He goes, you're Bob's son, right? I go, yeah, that's my dad. He goes, I love your dad. He's a great guy. Tell me, say hello. And if you act out of line, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak to him. So we <laughs> run downstairs, right? And we get to the basement where I guess like all the people's stuff is. It's like a giant basement and stuff. You know, you yeah, got like yeah, storage and stuff. Yeah. And there's this huge, huge wooden box. And he goes, yeah, that's mine. I go, Harrison, is that, is that the Ark <laughs> of the Covenant? And he looks at him, he goes, don't be a wise ass. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> but the point I was making is that I would probably tune in to see it just for the sake of it, because I know the guy. Well, I knew the guy. I met him a couple times. He was very nice to my dad. Um, I'd be curious to see where they go with it in terms of plot.
0: Uh, I mean, I, like the la- I thought that last one was horrible. And I'll give you my, my story with that. My son was probably seven or eight at the time when the last one came out. And I was like, you know what? My father took me to see the first one. I'm taking my son to see this one. This is so awesome. Passing the torch kind of thing. And I walked out basically like apologizing to my son. Like, I'm sorry I made you sit through that. Caca did you for... did you see
1: Raiders in, 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 at RKO, Keith, with our parents? I know my dad took us there.
0: I Were you with we, us? I think we went. I think we all went together. I think so, I too. Mean, old Keith's RKO, man. What the hell happened to that? It's still... It's still all boarded up. For people that don't know, Keats RKO RKO Theater. It was on uh, Main Street. uh, No, it was on Northern Boulevard. And right around Main Street in Flushing. And it's this huge, old-timey theater, man. It had, like, these sculptures when you walked in. It was just, like, this old-time, real theater experience whenever you went in there. And, you know, me and Chris used to go. when We were kids. Our parents would take us. And we always had a great time. And the place went out of business or whatever it was in like the 90s and it's just been boarded up it's like it's almost a whole square block and no one's done anything with it i don't know what the hell is going on with it. anyone knows what happened to keats rko and why it's still boarded i up? spoke to somebody last week
1: so i spoke to people all over the country right mike so i spoke yeah. to a guy from flushing he's a little bit older than us about 10 years ago and he still lives there and he goes you know it's still there and he goes yeah. it's boarded up he goes they can't tear it down because it was it was deemed a, a cultural landmark Oh. So that's never going to be taken down, and just so you know, me and Mike, you know, our, our fathers used to take us see like all the big flicks in the early '80s. There, Raiders, the Star Wars movies, the Rockies.
0: Yeah, I remember um, seeing Rocky for there, yeah. Jedi there.
1: We saw Flash Gordon back in the day. Yeah. Remember, you know, uh, you know, from the movie Ted, which was great. Yeah, and uh, you know, like Mike was explaining, it was like it looked like something out of the 19th century. You know, as far as the lobby, it looked like yeah. something that. Resembled the, I guess, the lobby of the Titanic, if that makes <laughs> sense to people, right? You know, yeah. I had that big balcony and yep. stuff, right, and the stairs. Yep. It was pretty cool, man. It was pretty cool. It's a shame that it, uh, that you know, nobody's renovated. Yeah, it's it 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 just restored like,
0: it. Yeah, you see it, man. It just sits there, and it's just like rotting away, man. It's just rotting away.
1: But I'll definitely check Indiana out, you know, you know, me and my wife and my dad, we all got into this big argument about East uh, on Easter about Harrison Ford and how big of an actor he was. I'm like, look, dude, from 1990 to like 92, he was as big as they They came, you know, he had a great career between the Star Wars movies, uh, the, the Indiana Jones movies. I guess at the time where um, that movie uh, where he plays the doctor, you know, who gets framed for murder.
0: Oh, fugitive. Yeah, The
1: fugitive. I guess between right about then and, and the Jack Clint, uh, the Jack um, Ryan yeah, movies yeah. you know he was huge man I mean I'm not saying he was like you know the biggest but he was up there
0: well, so I mean, he's the only guy from the Star Wars movies that like his career wasn't ruined after it yeah I mean I know he told you oh I was typecast yeah what were you typecast as like the action hero that was in every goddamn action movie <laughs> for 10 years straight and you made probably hundreds of millions of dollars doing it yeah, yeah, and, and and you're in your late seventies, and they still want you to be an action hero, still. Well, for
1: those uh-huh. that don't know, he also had a career before Star Wars too. He, I think, he was in um, American Graffiti, and I think he was also in Apocalypse Now, the beginning, the beginning of Apocalypse Now. Yeah. you Go back and watch that guy had a really good career. All things aside, and, and at one point he was he was up there.
0: Trivia, a little piece of trivia from the Apocalypse Now scene. He's in the beginning when they give Martin Sheen. His uh, orders to go kill Kurtz, right? Right. What's his character's name?
1: He, 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 he's got glasses on in the scene and he, and he plays. What,
0: no, what's his name? Because it's, that's the big thing. It's an inside joke.
1: No idea, man.
0: His name in the movie. I think he's like a colonel or a right. lieutenant or whatever.
1: And he's reading off the orders, yeah. right? Yeah.
0: His name's George Lucas in the movie. Oh, it's wow. A, it's wow. an inside joke. Like, you have to see it, and you'll see it on his shirt. It says Lucas on the shirt, so.
1: Well, I think, didn't George Lucas also do American Graffiti? Was Yeah, he,
0: he, yep, that was, yeah, I think, that's probably why. big movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, man, I'll definitely check it out. I mean, I, as far yeah. as the story goes, I have no, uh, I don't know. I have no expectations I, for I, it. Yeah,
0: I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Speaking of apocalypse, now, I always wanted to, there's a thing on YouTube I want to watch about why Harvey Keitel got fired from that movie. Because he was the original lead before Martin Sheen. They brought Martin Sheen in to replace Harvey Keitel.
1: He's an There's, interesting guy, too, man. Harvey Keitel. Um, and Harvey
0: Keitel was a real. He was in the Marine Corps for like eight years. Like, you know he, the
1: story with Harvey Keitel? So Dave, who we will probably have on the show in a couple of weeks, you know, the guy behind Gravesend. Um he told me a story. I guess he ran into Harvey Keitel back in the day or he knew him. Or he ran into him and make a long story short. I guess he was married to Lorraine Bracco at one point. Yes. Yes. And I guess she got divorced from him and married Edward almost. And allegedly the story goes according to Dave. And he basically said that Keitel wanted to kill almost because almost had like all sorts of like skeletons in his closet for like child molesting and all sorts of nonsense back really? in the day. And there was a big thing like K- Kytel, I, I We'll ask him in a couple weeks when he comes on, but the story goes that Kaitel really had it in for almost. He number one for stealing Brocco from him. And number two, you know, for all that uh, alleged bullshit that, that, that he got accused of, oh, which, I, you know, again, I don't know the backstory of it. You know, we'll ask Dave when he, when he comes on, he'll go a little bit more into detail for us.
0: I saw a thing on a, uh... I was watching like went down like a YouTube rabbit hole about it was actually about like Edward James almost when he did uh, American Me. Oh yeah. And they had on Danny Trejo the actor, you know, Machete. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And I think Edward James almost asked him to be in the movie and he was kind of like man, you're fucking with the Mexican Mafia. They're not going to be happy about this. Right. And Edward James almost got like some death threats while he was making that movie and after the movie came out. And Danny Trejo supposedly smoothed a lot of it over. Like they had, they had like sit downs and stuff like this. Like, you know, you can't have this in the movie. Like, especially like a lot of the gang rape stuff and things like that. They were like, they wanted to keep shit secret and quiet. You know, they, you know, the Mexican mafias run silent, run deep. And he was getting death threats about uh, the characters in the movie. And like who I think, cause he was technically playing like a loose version of one of the guys in the Mexican mafia. And they were not happy about it.
1: Well, I'm sure of it. I remember a buddy of mine he used to always tease me. He was like, "Yeah, I love the part where the uh, the the Italian guy gets raped in prison," and he, you know, he used to always break my balls because I'm Italian and stuff. And I'm like, "Yeah, you know what? Let me check the movie out." And uh, I'm watching it. I'm like, "Yo, this is a demented flick, man." Yeah. But uh, going back to Kaitel, so the the thing with Kaitel and Almost was Kaitel learned that Almost had been accused of allegedly abusing a minor and i guess he lost custody of his daughter stella
0: Uh-huh.
1: and i think that along with the fact that you know uh, lorraine brocco left him i guess to go oh, to yeah. almost really just fueled everything but it's a pretty interesting story when dave comes on a couple weeks uh, he knows a little bit more you know based on what i explained to you you know maybe uh maybe we'll have him tell that yeah you know, if we have some time
0: let me see is there anything online about that allegations
1: Yeah, it was a big thing, man. And I think he beat or he was allegedly beating Lorraine Bracco at one point, too. You know, for the audience that never watched The Sopranos. Oh, shit. Yeah. In
0: 1992, a 14-year-old girl accused almost of twice touching her in a sexual manner while they watched TV together. That's right. Almost paid the family a cash settlement in response to the allegations and then denied they were true. Yeah. Uh,
1: Pretty interesting story. Weird you know, j- for the for the uh, the audience out there, Kaitel has been in a ton of stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sorry, man. When yeah. people do these like payout things for shit like that, you're made in guilt. Like, and, yeah, you're made and, in guilt. And they say things like, "Oh, it's just cheaper to do the." Nah, man, dude. If you get touch, if I'm getting attacked for touching kids, I'm fucking spending. I'm finding my- t- tooth and nail, right? Yeah. yeah, I'll I'll rob a bank to pay a lawyer to get me off right. of that, man. That's right. So, you know, like I did not do this. I don't care how much it costs. I'll I'll beg money in the street. <laughs> what the fuck yeah! There's some hanky panky bullshit going on with that, but uh yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm like I said, I don't know if I'm going to go see Indiana Jones. Or not. I don't. I don't. Uh, uh,
1: I'll check it out. Like just you know, just for the sake you know to give Harrison a couple bucks. Not that he needs it.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's another guy. He's crying for money. So I don't know. <laughs> but uh there's another tonight. After you guys get done listening to the show, A and E. It's doing their documentary on the man, the myth, the legend, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Nice, I man. You know,
1: we talked about this a couple weeks ago. So this is an eight part series. I think they kicked it off last week with Stone Cold.
0: Mm-hmm. They're going to
1: do uh, Roddy Piper. I'm guessing they're going to do something on Andre the Giant, which, by the way, who for those that never saw the HBO uh, special about him, phenomenal, phenomenal Bad, show. That,
0: that was a great documentary. You okay, really um, got into stuff. You never even knew about the guy. That was really great. What a
1: great, I mean, that's one of the best specials I've seen on that, on, on that subject in, you know, in God knows for how long there was another one about the, uh, the box of Mickey Ward. That was really good too. And, in Arturo Gotti, which yeah. was an interesting story, you know, for those that never checked that out, watch that. Um, I put some things about Twitter a couple of years ago on that. That really touched me. The Arturo Gotti, Mickey Ward thing where, yeah,
0: those guys became like real, really good, good friends and that, stuff. You know?
1: And uh, the Dropkick Murphys actually did a song that I think they dedicated to Arturo Gatti, which was like sung through the, I guess, the mindset of Mickey Ward. And it's a really touching song. It's like one of those, you know, heart wrenching, like punk, amazing grace type things. Um, I forgot the name of it. It'll come to me in a second, but check those out. You know, but going back to the AMC thing, I'm definitely must see television for me. You know, all these guys are like. Guys that we
0: grew up with. Yeah. Like he was he's one of the greatest Teals of all time. <laughs> they was, live. Yeah. <laughs> they they live is one of the greatest, underrated, greatest uh science fiction movies to ever come out. I love that movie. Um, but he was yeah, he was like this guy that just showed up on the scene. You know, like for for us, when we started watching, like when we got into wrestling, like in the late 70s, early 80s, basically. This is when, like, McMahon... Now we're going to get all wrestling, but fuck it. Uh, but <laughs> McMahon just started, like, buying out, like, all those other territories and bringing in their top guys. Right. And, like, you know, like, we didn't know who the hell Hulk Hogan was. He was, like, a West Coast guy. He brought him in. A lot of these dudes from the South, he started bringing in. I think Roddy Piper was a Canadian dude he brought in. And he, he just went around... And just sort of buying these guys out and like when he showed up on the scene and like what was it was 82 or whatever i mean he was just that house of fire i mean piper's pit was one of the, the the greatest wrestling promo shows probably ever to be done i mean he beat the hell out of people i mean, remember the, the first episode he has on like some nobody wrestler and he just tears the guy apart in like 30 he just beats him up jimmy snooker remember when he cracked the he cracked a coconut i mean this would never <laughs> be done today but he, like, cracked a coconut over Jimmy Snooker's head.
1: And I'm going to give you the name of the the, of the actor that he beat the crap out of, Frank Morales, for those that watch wrestling. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'm no loser. I'm no hey, loser. Hey,
1: man, I never quit for nobody.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, his big thing was always, like, Roddy Piper would just, like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And then you would just see, like, the microphone slowly drop. And then he just punch somebody <laughs> in the face. Great. Yeah, go online and probably just YouTube Like old Piper's Pit episodes
1: How about when he shaved the Haiti The kids' uh, head? I mean, imagine that Today?
0: No No No.
1: way, man
0: I mean Well, what was the one? Remember, he just kept Beating the shit out of Jimmy Snuka and
1: more coconuts. Yeah. More coconuts.
0: And I mean, from what we know about Jimmy Snooky, he killed a girl in a hotel room, so maybe he did deserve it. But
1: yeah, man, that was uh, crazy.
0: That was crazy. He got off, and then he died like two days later or whatever. But uh, what was the well, one thing? Remember when he read the letter from like Jimmy Snooker's kid? Please don't beat up my daddy. Right, 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 right. And, and he they, just he just went bananas. Right, he was great. He <laughs> no,
1: he, man.
0: he was one of the he was one of the greats.
1: And look at the end of the day um I could tell you this much I'm gonna watch that whole series from, from from from- front to back. I think they're gonna do the rock I think they're gonna do um I think they're gonna do andre I think they're gonna do Hulk Hogan macho man I'm guessing um Rick flair's got to be up there yeah. all the guys we talked about in the mount rushmore they're they're definitely yeah. in um but it looks it looks like it's gonna be well put uh and well and, and well made so I'll check it out um Curious to see eventually who who rounds it out, you know, outside of like Piper and Hogan and those guys. And well, Andre. I would
0: say they probably I would say they finish it up probably with Hogan. That's probably going to be the big one. Mm-hmm. I mean, Hogan's had a weird life, too, man. Like post wrestling. That guy's. Dude, his kid almost killed a guy in a fucking car accident. And then they have these a-
1: guys. Are, you know, they got crazy stories. Yeah. Him, man. dude. that.
0: The phone call of that was like, oh, the kid was kind of a loser anyway. What's the big deal? What's the big loss? Why should my son go to jail for it? Even Macho Man,
1: like, I mean, the way that Macho Man died, I mean, he died in a car accident, I I guess. he was.
0: Well, they said he had, it was a heart attack, hit a tree, and that was it, man.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, definitely, I'm definitely going to check it out. That's must-see television for me. I didn't get a chance to watch the Stone Cold one last week.
0: I I saw it it. It wasn't bad. It's really it's really done well like it starts him out you know when he starts out It was at WCW down south yeah and uh how he got he got you know he talks about like how he got fired looking for a job and then like they went through all his uh the characters they wanted him to do in uh the WWF and what he was doing in WCW like when he was at what was it stunning steve austin and yeah he came up with how he came up they came up with, uh, they had the story about how he came up with the name Steve Austin. And he showed up to like one of his first wrestling gigs for, for the company. I think it was for WCW. This is like an 88 or something like that. And they just told him, they're like, what's your name? He goes, well, I'm, I'm Steve Austin. I'm like, no, you're not. We already got a Steve, o- uh, he, no, Steve, whatever his name, whatever name he was using. Steve something. Steve Wright, maybe. I don't know what the hell it was. And they're like, we already got that. Yes,
1: yes, and yes, yes. There's like, there two of them, right?
0: Yeah, and the guy goes, you got 15 minutes to give us a new name. And he just turns around and he's like, yeah, Steve Austin. Fuck. I get The $6 million man, I guess, right? S- Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he became like stunning Steve Austin. And it goes through his whole run and how he keeps going. And then he gets fired. He winds up in uh, ECW, which I didn't know. He was in ECW for a little bit. And then that pays the way for him to get into the WWF, but it was, yeah, it was a, it wasn't a bad little documentary done on him. And he's, he's a pretty interesting guy too, to begin with. So it wasn't too bad.
1: Yeah, man, I definitely, I'm going to, I'm going to check them all out. I I think if you're a wrestling fan of any age, I think uh, the series looks like it's going to be really good and again, just going back to what we talked about, I would definitely check out that Andre the Giant HBO special.
0: Yeah, if, that if was really, seen really good. Yeah. That special, that really yeah. got it. That that guy, it was like his little handler, the French yeah. guy. That guy, man, he gets real broken up in that. He was really tight with him, but like you didn't realize the. I mean, what's it like to be that size, man? <laughs> you know, people think it's got to be cool to be like six five or whatever. That guy was like seven feet tall, five hundred pounds. He couldn't go anywhere. I mean. That guy couldn't even enjoy himself.
1: For the audience out there, man, I'll, 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 I'll say this. You know, I watched that Andre thing and I was just amazed at, you know, how much food and, and booze and stuff that he consumed. Mm. But just going back to the sheer size, like I'm about 5'7 on a good day. You know, I'm about 200 pounds, you know, middle-aged, <laughs> you know, chunky white, white Italian guy, you know, from Queens. And all my friends growing up back in the day, Mike included, were these big blokey Irish guys. And some of these mm. guys – you know, the biggest guys that I knew were probably about six, seven, about 400 pounds yeah. back in the day at St. John's. There were a couple of those guys, including Tommy, who, uh, you know, you know, I plug his business here and there, you know, the uh, the shopping one. And put this in perspective, I think Andre was like seven foot six and like 500 pounds. So the guy probably had about a foot on my friends, my biggest friends, and he probably had about 100, 100 pounds on most of these guys. Yeah. Just a mammoth of a dude, man. How did that guy take a dump? Oh. And his wife is pretty what? small, too, right? I think his wife was pretty small compared to him.
0: Yeah. I don't know if it was his wife or his ex. He left everything to his daughter, they said. So he, ended they in, got... uh,
1: he ended up in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah.
0: A lot is... of them always stayed down south, I think. And that's more because, like, tax purposes, right? Where, you know, you're only paying, like, probably a state tax or federal tax. But, uh, yeah, all well, those guys like like Hulk Hogan's got that big, had that huge house on the water. and
1: He's in Clearwater with all the Scientologists, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, I think he's originally from Florida, to be honest with you. I, I know it's Hollywood Hulk Hogan, but I think originally Ter- where he's from is Terry,
0: Clark. He's Terry. His Terry name.
1: Belair, right?
0: Yeah, Terry Belair or whatever. Brother. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird, he's another weird guy. A little, you know.
1: He's gotten himself into trouble recently, I think, with some racist stuff that people were using him. Then he was,
0: like, banging his friend's wife, and that guy was, like, cool with it. Like, I just want to watch. And (laughs) He had his own little, yeah, there's, like, a Hulk Hogan sex tape out. It's, like, real creepy to watch. Don't watch it. Um,
1: Talk about wife swapping, you know. I guess the biggest one were those two Yankee pitches back in the 70s. And for the music fans out there, you know, who don't know, George Harrison and Eric Clapton so the story goes with that. I read biographies on both of those guys. I guess Clapton told Harrison at one point he was in love with his wife. And Harrison's like, okay. And he would just like leave Clapton alone with his wife for like hours. And eventually they got divorced and she ended up marrying Clapton and getting divorced from Clapton. But it was a weird, weird story. You know, for those out there that are music fans, Clapton or, you know, Beatle fans, you know, oh, check wow. out check out Clapton's biography. Pretty interesting story.
0: Oh, shit. I'll check that out. There was another uh, documentary coming out. I think it's going to be it's on Hulu. I kind of like don't want to watch it. Yeah, it's about Sasquatch. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why are people still obsessed about this? There is like no proof whatsoever about this thing. It's been like a 100, you know, come on. Everything like this picture behind me. This thing was fake where they found a watch on the guy's <laughs> hand as he's walking from like the 19, I think it was like 1967 or 68. They did like this fake movie where the guy's got the camera, you know, one of those old cameras and it's this Sasquatch thing walking and you actually see a wristwatch on the thing. Like it was just so stupid. But I mean, why do pe- people still obsess over this? And I mean, come on, man. It's been like a hundred and something years of these fables and there's nothing. They, they never find a thing.
1: Well, there is some stuff to it, you know, as far as my wife is big, like into these paranormal shows that come on like the travel channel. And, you know, I watch them time to time and here and there, you'll see like documentaries on, on, on the Sasquatch. And, um, y- you know, it's like one of these things, like whether you believe it or not, you think it's complete bullshit, like ghosts or UFOs, whatever. There's so many goddamn stories and so many things out there. It's like, to be honest with you, I almost think that because of the sheer depth of the stories, you know, there's got to be some sort of truth to it,
0: you know? Yeah, I get what you're saying, but I mean, yeah, maybe a couple hundred years ago, something like that. You know, it's like, all right, we have that up here. You go down to, like, South America and you have the Troopacabra. Chupacabra, Troop right? You know, <laughs> out what's in, like, uh, the Himalayas is a Yeti. I mean, it's just, you know, and nothing's proven. That's the whole thing. It, it gets to a uh, point. It's like the same thing, the Loch Ness Monster, right? The hundreds of years, the Loch Ness Monster. You could go out right now. I could go spend like a thousand bucks and line Loch Ness with cameras and just keep them running for like three days. And you'll never, you could have proven this already. It hasn't been proven. These, I agree these, with you. You know, I agree it's, with you. But here's, just,
1: the, here's the thing, like the stuff that I see, whether it's doctored or not, cameras are getting better, you know, 150 years yeah, ago, yeah, people yeah. Aren't walking around with cameras in their hands. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's some, there's some stuff that, you know, looks pretty compelling. You know, I, the stuff that I saw anyways, I know this new one, I think it talks about how like three guys in California were murdered by like a Sasquatch type, you know, you know, thing.
0: Yeah. It's you know, called a bear. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I don't know, man. I, 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 I think it would be great if we it would be cool if they caught one of these things. But I mean, you know, they would found, there's so many there's been so many of these shows and it's always like no, it's like Al Capone's vault, man. It's always nothing. It's just
1: I'm kind of torn. I'm, I'm torn, you know, like part of me believes what you're saying. And then part of me is like, you know what, just like the UFO stuff. Just like Sasquatch, just like the, uh, the Loch Ness Monster. You know, it's so many people, yeah. the ghost stories that you hear. You know, it's like, yeah.
0: but I mean, at least you
1: can everybody you, be bullshit. I mean,
0: <laughs> the UFO stuff. I mean, we we're going to talk about this anyway, but like at least with the UFO stuff, man, it just seems like a lot more like real documentation kind of. Well, now it is, you know, but, but and now it is. What was it? Was it? Was, you know, two months in two months. What is it? Was it a whole bunch of stuff is getting released?
1: Yeah. In June. And Chris, by the way, if you're out there, our buddy, you know, Mike said it. You're on, man. We're going to have you. Come on.
0: Yeah. When this stuff gets released, it's macho time.
1: <laughs> the macho man. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, I don't.
0: Uh, I, th- that's at least believable, man. You got, you got like some Air Force pilot going. Yeah, man. I just saw some stuff. I, I don't think know. About what-
1: this. Think about for how many years, like if you said something like I, I would have said, Look, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, if you said something about UFOs to someone, you'd probably get a sideway glance, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing like with the ghost shit, right? You know, my buddy Tony, he calls me six cents at work because I had a, a couple of interactions throughout the years. Now who's to say 10, 15 years from now or 20 years from now, technology's so good that you get some of the shit on tape. That's indisputable. Now all of a sudden you're not getting those sideway glances anymore. So yeah, do I think that this is probably bullshit? Probably. But you never know. And with technology these days, you're going to know at some point, you know, whether, you know, the proof will be in the pudding at some point.
0: Yeah, it, it's definitely going to come out. Like we said, two more months, all these documents are going to get now. It it depends how redacted these documents are going to be or anything like that. But at, at least they're acknowledging like this stuff exists. Is there really a big there probably is a Bigfoot file somewhere, but it's probably got a sure paper in it that says, yeah, it's all bullshit.
1: You know, there's a good buddy of mine, uh, my buddy Fred, who we talk about this all the time. We talk about ancient aliens and shit. Literally, mm-hmm. there's like skeletons throughout the, throughout the world, like of these seven foot humanoid creatures that they can't explain. They're not humans, and they don't seem to be animals, and nobody talks about them. I mean, if you do some Google searching out there, I'm sure someone will understand what I'm talking about. I don't know a whole lot about it, but. Like I said, I th- just think it's one of these things that as the technology gets better and you get more evidence, it goes from being a sideways glance to yeah. something that goes a little bit yeah. more extreme.
0: Yeah, it's like anything. Once I you know, once more actual evidence comes out about this stuff, you know, like hopefully these documents really, you know, prove people weren't wrong. You know, and it was just the government trying to like cover it up so there wouldn't be, you know, mass hysteria in the streets. Which is, <laughs> which is probably what would have happened with, with some of these things. Like, yeah, they've been down here. Yeah, they're here. You know. I
1: almost think it's like kind of like the Renaissance, you know, before the 1500s. You know, if anybody said the world was flat, they looked at you like you were crazy. Yeah. all of a sudden, you know, you get science that proves it. You know, and it's like all of a sudden that guy that goes from being crazy to not so crazy.
0: You know? and then, yeah, and then you got the crazy thing is that people still think, there's still people out there that say the earth is flat.
1: Kyrie Irving. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> this guy's a multi-millionaire basketball player and he says the earth, you know.
1: Yeah, I think he went to like a, I think he went to like a like a Ivy League school, that guy too. I think he went to Duke or something, right? Oh, really? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. He's a super intelligent guy, but he said some dumb shit, to be honest with <laughs> you. <laughs> anyway,
0: you know, anyone that really thinks about that come on the earth is flat <laughs> why why would you you know it, it's kind of like you're just saying that to like get chicks or something
1: i don't even well, well I, not I, like I, that. I, I mean I, what does he need that for he's a basketball star but right?
0: I. but i but he's probably the most famous guy most of these other guys are like trekkies who live in their like parents basement that have nothing going on in their lives like yeah i'll say you know the earth is flat
1: I read a piece by Chuck Klosterman, who's a really, uh, he's a famous author who, who wrote about that, and he was talking about like all the different ideas to kind of disprove it, just like from a logical standpoint, you know. He was talking about horizons and endpoints and stuff, and yeah. like if you truly went to the end of the world, I mean, you'd probably fall off, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know, man. Some wild shit out there, but Kyrie, Kyrie went to Duke. You know, he uh, he's a smart guy, and there are other people as well. Yeah, you know?
0: he went. Yeah, but he also went to Duke to play basketball. He didn't yeah. go there to su- study, you know, science and you know the stars and if the Earth is flat or not. He went to Duke to play basketball. You know, just like any any athlete, they go to they go to that school to play a sport. If you go to a we Division two. one school, it doesn't matter. We you went
1: know. to uh, we went to Saint John's. Uh, some of the audience out there and me and Macho and all those guys. We were in school when Zendon Hamilton uh, was at St. John's. Uh, Malik Sealy was there, but Zendon, I actually had class. And to paraphrase Terry Bradshaw, if I spotted Zendon, no disrespect, Zendon, if you're listening, but <laughs> if I spotted Zendon in a C and a T, he still wouldn't be able to spell cat. And yeah, uh, lo I mean, and on. behold, he got a he got a he got a B plus in in <laughs> the course at the end of the year, at the end of the semester. <laughs>
0: What a shock. I don't believe it. He must have his that final exam must have really just pulled his grades up. You know,
1: I never showed up him and the stripper who, uh, you know, would come yeah, to, my, my one cousin,
0: know? my cousin D shout out D down in Texas. Hey, how you doing? She went to St. John's in the 80s with Mullen, right. and All those guys. And she goes, I had classes with a bunch of them. And the same thing. Those guys never showed up. Those guys are just in the gym all day shooting hoops. That's it. That was, they had a job to play basketball. That was it. That was their job. And like, I thought we were gonna, I, I was thinking about talking about this somewhere down the road, but let's just talk about it. Now, should those guys get paid?
1: Tough to say, man. I mean, I think there's a compelling argument. Yes. You know, the reality of it is they drive a ton of revenue. Yeah. You know, so why not? Why I not? Mean, I mean, the argument is, Hey, look, they're getting an education that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. Yeah. So, I mean, I see that point. But the reality of it is a lot of these schools, their entire revenues, their budgets are based on their football yeah. basketball program. So I don't I personally, I don't have an issue with it. I mean, I guess for the real academics out there and the real, I guess, hardcore right wing guys out there, they would probably have an issue with it on some level. Maybe the left two, who knows? But me personally, I didn't have an issue. I just found it funny that Zendon and the good looking stripper that showed up on the first day of class. <laughs> I didn't see either of them until the end, you know, until the last the last day of class. And, uh, you know, they both manage good grades. Me?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think, I think those guys should. I, I don't think they should make, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but they should definitely get, like, some type of, like, livable wage or maybe, like, a per diem thing. Something, man. When you, when you hear about these, some of these kids that are living on, like, ramen noodles, I mean, typical college lifestyle, and the coach of the team makes $7 million a year, to me, yeah. something's off.
1: But let's you know, let's call a spade a spade. At the end of the day, you know, these guys at the bigger schools, the big football guys, the big basketball guys, though, you know, they're not living on ramen noodles anyway. You want no, to cut it. I'm sure, it's probably yeah, close yeah. to the he got game, you know, yeah. the movie with Denzel and stuff. Yeah. These guys are getting taken care of, man. Or, you know, at the very least their agents are taking care yeah, of Yeah,
0: there's someone doing the end around to make sure they're but yeah, they, they should get something. I mean, yeah, th- th- those guys pull in millions upon millions of dollars a year for these schools where if th- yeah. they didn't have a basketball or football program, no one would care. The, the school would be broke. So I- I- I'd say, sh- you know, share the wealth a little bit. The, man. Uh, you know, the opposite
1: sometimes. argument is, I guess that, you know, for, for people our age, you know, who've got kids that are in school or ready to go to college you could also look at the spiraling you know costs of education these days attributed yeah. to that you know think about you know how big these some of these programs have gotten yeah and what the cost of tuition is these days i think that at st john's i think these days i mean your, your brother could probably say better you know but i think the last i checked it was about 35 to 40000 a semester
0: yeah it's crazy. it's crazy they do give a lot more like scholarship stuff wise academically but it's still, it's still very expensive and I don't know. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those things you could just argue in circles about it, whether yes or no. So yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Um, speaking of sports, you were talking about that, uh, the European soccer club thing. We'll, we'll um, finish this up. We'll wrap up on this. Cause I yeah, want to, this so, is a crazy, crazy story.
1: So look, most of you guys out there are probably not soccer fans. I am. Uh, my grandfather was a huge soccer fan. I remember Mike, when you came to Astoria back in the day, I know you Kind of followed it as well, huge deal in Europe, South America, basically everywhere in the country in the world outside of the United States. So, make a long story short, their sports leagues and their and the, the way soccer is set up internationally, at least in Europe, is a little bit different than the NFL and MLB here and in the NBA and the NHL. So, basically, what you got is in each country: Spain, France, Germany, Italy, England. You got your domestic competition. So just picture each one of these countries having their own version of MLB or their own version of the NFL. So it's usually about 20 teams in these leagues. The domestic season goes from basically like August till like May, right? And then you have something that's called the Champions League, where it takes basically the top four teams of these leagues and it puts it into a massive tournament that at the end of May or the you know, the middle of May. Is kind of like their version of the Super Bowl, the NFL Super Bowl, which, by the way, you know, and again, for those that hate soccer, I'm sure you're not going to want to hear this, but the Champions League final actually gets more viewership than than in the NFL Super Bowl, pre-pandemic, after-pandemic. So the problem becomes that it's very top-heavy in these leagues, the German leagues, the French leagues, et cetera, et cetera, meaning the top teams in England, whether they be Chelsea or... Arsenal or Tottenham or Manchester United or Liverpool, you know, you also have the dregs of society at the bottom of these tables. That when you're in England, you really nobody gives a shit outside maybe the people from those supporters of those clubs and tunes into this stuff. So I guess with the pandemic, you know, what happened was, I guess the revenues have been falling off off the charts and basically. I guess the bigger clubs have been you know, still doing their money, but the, young, the smaller clubs haven't. So I, I guess what happened was these clubs, the major clubs that are in the Champions League and at the top of the, these domestic competitions, they formed what's called a 12-team Super League, where basically they would continue to play in their domestic league, but it was like their version of the NFL. How the NFL is structured now, it would be 12 teams, That could not be relegated, which is a little bit different in Europe than it is here in the United States. So if you suck in one of these leagues, you know, whether it be MLB or NFL, you get the number one draft pick in the following year. In these leagues, if you suck, you go one in 13 or one in 14 or five in 30, whatever it is, you get relegated, which means that you go from the top division in that country to the second tier. So Basically, the Super League was taking all four, the top four teams of these major competitions and putting them in a big NFL-type league. And it was going to be a windfall for them. They were going to get a ton of money. And basically, it, it made a lot of sense in the terms of, like, you're going to basically get to see the top players play each other all the time versus playing shitty teams in their domestic competitions. So the fans flipped out. I mean, it got so big over there in terms of, The prime ministers of some of these countries spoke about sanctioning, you know, some of these, these, these places, these teams, you know, um, for example, Tottenham Spurs, they got this huge, um, stadium in London that they built. And, uh, I guess it's kind of like similar to what happened with the Yankees and the Mets a couple of years ago, where, you know, the city helped pay for those stadiums. Well, London helped pay for that stadium. So they're saying, well, look, if you guys participate in this league, you are basically shafting every other team the smaller teams in england and if you do that well we're going to step in and we're going to find you and tax the shit out of you so that was the first thing that happened the second thing that happened was uefa and fifa they stepped in and basically said for these teams that are participating
0: mm-hmm. if your
1: plays participated you're not going to be able to participate in the world cup or the big european competitions that happen every two years so eventually it got killed but there's been a tremendous amount of backlash and a lot of it is directed towards American owners. So, for those that don't know, the owner of Arsenal is a big Walmart guy, Stan Kroenke. Uh, The owner of Manchester United are the Glaziers from Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Bucks. And the guys in England hate these guys because they look at them as leeches, basically, as using these 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 huge teams as basically a you know a, a piggy bank. Yeah. And. Um, the guy from Liverpool, the, the team that uh, who owns Liverpool, which is the reigning English champions, they're owned by the, the, uh, the Fenway Group, the Boston Red Sox. So there's a lot of backlash towards it initially. But I guess the point I make without really going too much more into it, I'm sure I'm boring some people out there with this, but the reality is it got so big that I guess their prime ministers, their leaders of government got involved. And I guess there was so much fan backlash, it basically killed it. So they had set it up. It was pretty much a go. And then like a couple of days later, there was so much backlash that they killed it. So.
0: Yeah. it's been. Yeah. It seems like it's just one of those things that we're just trying to monopolize. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I'm sure the pandemic lost a lot of money cause it caused these teams to lose tons and tons of money. Someone right. came up with this genius idea and didn't look at the consequences of it, where it was going to bankrupt these smaller teams or, you know, just monopolize the whole sport, basically. And uh, they put a stop to it. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to... I If they had that happen here with, like, the, the four or five best teams in a league just keep playing each other and playing each other, it, it's going to get boring, too, after a while.
1: Well, there's two arguments. That's number one. And I guess the other argument is, you know, for the people that don't like super teams, you know? So- yeah. You know, if you're, if you're not a fan of the Yankees, you hate seeing the Yankees spend all the money because they usually buy the best players, right? That's the argument yeah. against the Yankees. Same deal pre-salary cap with the Lakers, right? You know, they buy the best players, you know, or in football, you know, back of the day price, you know, pre-salary cap. But there's what? a lot of people out there that like seeing that high level of competition and the uh, best of the best playing one another. Uh,
0: yeah, I get what you're saying, but I think a lot of, you know, I'll take the other side. There's a lot of people that like rooting for the underdog. Like when you oh, have absolutely. a, su- you know, when you have a Super Bowl of, you know, it's twenty to one against the team. You you now you want to see that team win, you know, you you want to see an upset sometimes. You know, I mean, the Giants won two Super Bowls against the New England Patriots. Those are some of the greatest. Those are two of the greatest Super Bowls I think I ever watched. I see that you know, point, you know, and I think everybody loves the that.
1: underdog. Yeah, I, I agree with that, Mike. But I also tell you that back in the '90s, pr- prior to the salary cap, you also had crazy games between the Cowboys and the Niners where they were basically all-star teams that were feeling yeah. about that were classic games or like who would want to see you know I mean oh, me personally maybe I'm biased I would love to see like the Dodgers against the Yankees you know I just like I like I, watching excellence you know I have really no interest in watching a bug, bunch of schlubs get their heads beaten.
0: no in you don't want to watch it, it I mean listen I've, I've watched a million bad Mets teams over my lifetime and I'd rather watch a really good team but it, I guess after a while of watching it, you, you know, you, you're going to want something different and people are going to be like, well, I've seen Man United play, I don't know, the best team in Spain and Man United wins every time. So why the right. hell am I even going to watch this game? So I, I just
1: found it interesting that the politicians got involved. You know, yeah. it would be the equivalent of like 12 teams breaking off in, in, in the NFL, the 12 best teams. Yeah. Making their own league. And then President Biden stepping in and saying, you know what? No dice. Yeah. If you guys go through this, we're going to sanction the hell out of you. We're going to tax the hell out of you and we're going to make it near impossible for you, you know, to continue to operate. So I thought it was pretty interesting and definitely is big news over there. So,
0: all right. All right. We'll wrap up on that. Listen, uh, what do you got to plug there, Christopher?
1: So a few things. Number one, my business, DJ Chris clash, check out the website, um, getting real busy. I've got a couple parties already booked up. I could see where this is going. I added karaoke business for those that uh, are into karaoke. You know, uh, please check me out. Check out the website www.djchrisclash.com. Um, that's always important. The other one I wanted to mention is our weekly reminder, Jay Cristiano at Cardinal Financial yeah Uh, jay's number 844-442-7334 that's uh code the crack house podcast or 4215 please make sure if you're buying a home refinancing give jay a call he caters to civil servants especially he's helped out a tremendous amount of people on 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 nypd already um and Michael want to spread the good news appreciate it
0: yeah jay's a good dude i met him a bunch of times um I just have, listen, check out Jack, I can paint. Uh, give us a look at Crack House Pod on Twitter, Crack House Pod on Instagram. Uh, check out uh, pro on Twitch. Uh, you can watch him play video games. And uh, that's about it. Oh, one uh, more
1: thing, Mike. Oh, Based on the at? video, your, your friend on the video game, so... I'm starting to live stream my FIFA games. I'm a big time FIFA player. I'm in Division 3 or Division 4. I'm probably going to have a channel that's going to come out soon where you can watch me rage uh, playing FIFA 21. But uh, tell your friend. I'd love to reach out to him. That's a big emerging business, that live streaming and video games. I think we spoke about that before as well.
0: Yeah, Check it. Yep. That's Frankie at Provematic on Twitch. And that's about it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, share. Make sure to click
1: the bell, guys, and click subscribe and like.
0: Exactly. And we'll see you next week. We love yous. Bye-bye.